Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast. You know, we have a large number of people, 5 million people, who are being cared for by some type of a family member, parent, daughter, son, relative, neighbor, friend, or whatever it might be. 5 million people just with the disease of Alzheimer's. Add to that patients who've had strokes and who no longer can care for themselves, patients with uh, Parkinson's can no longer care for themselves. We have a growing population of individuals that are dependent upon somebody to provide 24-hour care seven days a week. If you look at the data, just in the Alzheimer's population, currently we have about 5 million people with Alzheimer's being cared for in some fashion. 70% of them live in their home and require somebody to come in and care for them on a daily basis. And if we project ourselves going forward, that number is projected to be about 16 million. So we are a growing population of individuals who require care, who need care, and are relying on family members to provide that particular care. So look at the growing number. Eight, five million now, 16 million in 2050. And that number will continue to grow, I'm sure, along with all the other disorders that, and diseases and impairments that require personal care. So what's the issue? What's the deal here with all these people providing that kind of care? Various family members, friends and relatives, of various kinds, providing the care and being the caretaker, and who are prone then to burn out themselves, who are prone to becoming uh, depressed and discouraged themselves as they provide that particular care. We call these people caretakers, care providers, if you will. It's almost a growing profession of care providers. So let's take a look at care providers. What's the word for them that we have? What do they need to know? What would they like to know? How can we advise a care provider so that the care being provided will be effective and necessary, but also done in a humane and in a positive way, but that the care provider providing that care will not burn out and get discouraged and quit or become depressed? Here's some of the ideas that would be important or a care provider. If you're a care provider, listen carefully. If you know somebody who's a care provider, this YouTube really does need to be provided them. This podcast needs to be provided to them so that we have opportunity to educate and to teach people who are care providers to do it in a very positive way and do it in a constructive way. Here are some of the advice I give them. Facilitate independent living. You see, you may be caring for somebody, but let them do whatever they can do. Let them do as much as they can do. Let them take care of themselves as much as possible. If they can walk across the room, let them walk across the room by themselves. If they can make a bed, let them make a bed. If they can cook rice, then let them cook rice. But let them do whatever they can so that you preserve that sense of independence, of self-care. Don't do it for somebody something that they can do themselves. That's number one. Here's number two. Friends make good medicine. 
Make sure that the person you are providing care for has visitors. Arrange for people to come in and visit. Arrange for people to come in on a schedule and when needed. Could be neighbors, relatives, family, people from the church, people from the club that they belong to, or whatever it might be. Make calls and generate a flow of visitors into the home so that the person being cared for has social interaction, has social stimulation. Arrange for good friends because good friends make good medicine. Here's the third point. The home has to be fall proof. In other words, carpets, rugs, throw rugs particularly, flooring of any kind needs to be very carefully designed and laid out so that falls do not take place. You don't want to fall as a care provider, but you don't want the individual who is being cared for to fall either as they travel across the room by themselves or with your help. Protect against falls because falls break hips and that isn't a good sign because that's the beginning of the end. Here's number four. Travel now. You travel as a care provider. Take your break. Take your vacation time. Take a week off. Take a few days off and travel. Get out of town. Go places. Treat yourself. If you've always wanted to travel, now's the time to do it. Even though you're a care provider, get somebody to come in and take your place. Arrange for a respite. Somebody for that person you're caring for to go to a nursing home maybe for a week while you take a vacation. Somebody else come in for a week while you take a vacation. In other words, take your vacation, travel now so you can do it. And even if you took the person you're caring for on a little trip across town or across the state or across the county or you know, up into the mountains or over to the beach or wherever it might be, maybe they'd like to do a little bit of traveling. Do it. Here's the next one. Buy Velcro. You know, tying shoes, it doesn't work anymore. Velcro is the way to go. Velcro shoelaces, if you will. Velcro buttons, if you will. Shirts, pants, shoes, and so on can be put on with the help of Velcro. It makes your job easier as compared to just working with shoelaces and buttons and things like that. Here's another point. Keep a journal or keep a daily record of some kind, some kind of a diary of what takes place, what you did and what the person you're caring for did and the progress that's being made or the uh, pathward downward is being followed and you know what, what they're not able to do now on a daily basis and so on. Just keep a record of what's going on. Keep a record of the path that the person you're caring for takes on a day-to-day -day basis. Count the good days. Discuss them. Outline them. The bad days. Discuss them. Punctuate them. Keep a record so that the family later on or you later on would have some kind of a diary, some kind of a record of what the process was like to care for that person. Here's another point. Know the Hemlock maneuver. That's the one that if you get food caught in your throat, you go behind the person, put your hands around their chest, pull tight together and pull upward. In the event of trying to expel that kind of piece of food that got caught in the throat. You must know the Hemrick maneuver, and if you don't know it, ask somebody to teach it to you. Here's, here's another one, number eight. Build a provider network for the, your, for the person you're dealing with. Get a piece of paper, get a notebook, 
and write down all the providers from lawyers, doctors, dentists, ministers, chiropractors, psychologists, anybody that's in the life of that person. Write them down and make a, make a list so that they can be called when needed and be called upon when needed. Make sure that you have a provider network. And if you don't have the right kind of doctors or the right kind of professionals, then you need to find them. You need to get them so that you are able to care for the person totally, whatever needs you know, might develop. That includes their CPA, you know, along with the lawyer. That includes their insurance man or whoever that might be. See, provider networks are important. Because as you come to the end of your life, you have to pull upon, draw upon these resources to help make decisions and help take care of things as the situation calls for itself. Here's number nine. Educate yourself. In other words, if you're caring for somebody with Alzheimer's, educate yourself. Read about it so you understand it. If you're caring for somebody with Parkinson's, then read about it. Know about Parkinson's. you caring for somebody with a stroke, then read about it. Educate yourself. Know what a stroke is all about and some of the things that you can anticipate. So make sure you educate yourself. Now here's another one, number 10. You know, be positive, be hopeful, but yet be realistic. You know, when we're caring for a family member, we want to be hopeful. We want to be positive. We want them to live. We want them to do good things. We want to look for every possible advantage. But you know, sometimes that's just not there. But you've got to be realistic. Sometimes people get weaker. Sometimes people get sicker. Sometimes people get more dependent. Well, be realistic. Provide the care that's needed. Don't live on a false hope. Don't care for somebody with a false hope. Like they're going to get well or they're going to get much, much, much better when really they're not. Be realistic. Here's number 11. Review with the person you're caring for and the family the necessary, the appropriate, and relevant legal documents. Insurance documents, wills, trusts. Any kind of document that is part of the life story of that particular person. Make sure there is a will and make sure that's up to date. If a trust is needed, make sure there's a trust and that's up to date. If there's insurance, make sure it's up to date. We sometimes let these kind of documents slip. We don't take care of them. Nobody takes care of them. So as a care provider, this is something you can do as well. Ask questions. Make sure that somebody gets involved in the legal documents, whether it be a family member or the attorney of the uh, person you're caring for. Get somebody that will look over these kind of documents and make sure they're ready to go, that they're up to date, and that the person you're caring for at the point of death will be taken care of and their wishes granted. Very, very important. You know, but here's the last one. Re-examine your own personal box. In other words, your own personal life. Make sure that you care for yourself. Make sure that you take breaks. Make sure that you get enough rest. Make sure that you have humor in your life. Make sure that you have friendships that come into your life. Make sure that you have not isolated yourself or cut yourself off from society. Go to a movie periodically. Take a concert in. Go to a symphony. Listen to music. Do whatever you can that enriches you. Because the more you are enriched, the more you're going to be able to care for your loved one. If you don't take care of yourself, you'll be burned out. And burnout is nothing more 
than compassion fatigue. You have compassion, compassion, compassion. And at some point, that compassion becomes worn out, and you have fatigue. And that's what burnout is all about. And then you can't care for anybody. So along the way, care for yourself. See that your own needs are met. The things are important to you that you do. That you get your rest and recuperation and your rebuilding of your own strength. Because then you can care for the person. But if you don't care for yourself, you'll have compassion fatigue. Compassion burnout, if you will. So there we are with the idea of caring for the care provider. And that's what we need to do. We need to care for the caring provider at all times. Otherwise, the person being cared for will have less than a quality experience. Now, before you end, let me just bring to your attention again, Lehman's Lock and Safe. He has a complete mobile service for locks and keys and can also help you if you need a safe. But if you have a lock problem or a safe problem, give him a call, will you? He'll be helped. Lehman's, L-E-H-M-A-N-S, apostrophe S. Lock and safe. Lehman's lock and safe. Here's a number. You can give him a call if you need somebody. 228-1805. 228-1805, and that's in the 559 area code. And his office and his shop is on Shaw Avenue near Fresno Street. So, I recommend... Lehman, he's a great guy and will give you a good service if you have a problem with a lock or key. So give him a call if you need him, okay? Hey, nice to uh, have you join me and uh, hope you have a good day today for the rest of it and on to tomorrow. Bye for now.